0: I'm Dr. Kim Lannan here with Lou Blasey, who's in a mood today. I'm not in a mood. <laughs> so you're a perfect candidate because you said, you know, you're feeling a little anxious today. And I'm going to say, like, why? I don't know. Weird. What's going on? It's a beautiful day out. It's abnormally 65 degrees I here know. every single day.
1: Just having those things that I used to have, like a uh, little bit of rumination, can't stop the mind. Good thing
0: you have a psychologist in your life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're having some ruminations, Didn't huh? Mean
1: psychologists all through my life. Yes.
0: Yeah, but none like me. None like you. No. None like me. No. Come on now, <laughs> don't don't ruin my day. I
1: had a I, at one point. I was doing therapy with a forensic psychologist.
0: R- why did you murder somebody? <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> it just happened to be what she did. Did you
0: need to be profiled? For and
1: something? And she ghosted me. She what? She ghosted me.
0: She ghosted you. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, it was wild.
0: I think we better have a conversation (laughs) off air about
1: this. Yeah.
0: (laughs) What Uh, do I not know about you, Lou? No, I I don't
1: know. I don't know.
0: Well, I was going to say that's funny, but it's really not. I can't make light of it for you, so we'll have to have a conversation. But, well, I'm sorry you're feeling anxious today.
1: Yeah, I don't don't know. It's kind of weird.
0: Huh.
1: And then I usually don't get the physical part of it, which is, you know, just all of a sudden you catch yourself with your, not your heart rate up, but just a little bit tense, you know?
0: Are you clenching your jaw today?
1: I wasn't until you said that. okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's the you know, the, uh, you know, put it out there suggestibility thing. Yeah. Well, you don't look like you're clenching, but I did feel it today. I couldn't figure out what was yeah. wrong with you. I'm like, something's wrong with Lou. No, I'm Poor okay. Lou.
1: I'm okay, because it's, it's kind of diffused. It's, I think it's social, actually.
0: Okay. I get
1: a couple things coming up that I'm not really looking forward to. <laughs> Why?
0: I'm just looking at you thinking, wow, there's like 17 topics that we could yeah. talk about. And they're none of the ones I had ready for today. So we will enter. I'm sure that your nice stuff people, will... Nice people,
1: good events, but just I'm not...
0: Your stuff will leak yeah. out into them and we'll talk about it and it'll be perfect. And then we'll fix you as we go. <laughs> okay. All Excellent. Right. So yeah. anyway, good morning. Yep. And, and so... Our lovely Lou is feeling anxious today, so hopefully I will help relieve some of that. And and also, just to follow up last week, look at all the stuff. I don't know if you followed it, but look at all the stuff that came with, you know, the onslaught of Simone Biles being able to put herself out there in the world. She got attacked for it, yep. as you know. But then, of course, people rallied around it because, you know, as I said last week, the whole thing of like what's the difference if someone has a medical condition that you can actually see versus something that's like you know physical and I mean uh, psychological in their head and you know and I'm very happy to see that after the podcast I did last week because it was right on the heels of her bailing out last week so to speak that you know people were so critical of the fact that oh well she's a quitter and all these things and said no people don't understand and I stand by this is that Gymnastics is a super dangerous sport. It's not like going out and throwing a football. It doesn't mean that you can't get a concussion, but you're on a four inch wide, four foot high beam, or you're huh. running bajillion miles an hour at a horse that's stationary. You've got huge psi on your body when you land i actually had a dream about that last night for yeah. some reason um you know you've got two rails of bars that are fiberglass that you have to swing between and hope to god you don't miss and like fall on your neck i mean you can break your neck you can die in the sport of gymnastics so when you're out there and you do get the you know the the twisties or you get lost in the air that's a real thing and people all week long have been asking me all these questions yeah. about this and like what does it feel like and um, and so just for people that did ask me even offline last week is that the twisties, what it feels like inside is if you have really bad anxiety, but it's not anxious in the ear because it's not, but if you have yeah. really bad anxiety, the only way I can liken it is if you have ever had that feeling like you detach from your body, like you're outside your body and come back in. It's how you feel in the air, like you don't know where you are. And And you don't have time for that. And you don't have time to readjust, so you fall out of it. And that's when you see, you know, some of like the America's Funniest Home Videos um, you know, people go to do like some kind of tumbling exercise of some sort and they'll go up in the air and you see them come down because they stop in the middle of the air and come down and they land on their neck or, right. and it's funny, haha. But that's sort of an experience of like, we call it balking. You're balking in the air that you're not actually going forward with it because you've, you've tapped out, you've, right. you've checked out of the skill or whatever it is. Or in those cases, oftentimes they have no idea what they're doing.
1: That's a maneuver you have to commit to, right? It, and if the right. And your head
0: there. has to be in the right space. Yeah to be able to do that because you know like on the floor exercise you know when you're running you know people people see it that you're you're just running into these round off back handspring double twist or triple twist or full in double twist out or something like that <clears throat> and um, you actually have to have that split second at the end of the mat where you stop at the corner right yep. that, there's that's your timing to that's where you put yourself in that split second to get your head right to be able to do all of that and you can run the three steps. It's usually three or so steps into the round off. And in that three steps, you can completely lose it and tap out of it. Yeah. So she, she like all of us in gymnastics, have to be so well trained to not do that. But when you have stress and you have pressure and you feel off or something's going on, and it's usually outside pressure, it's not usually something about the skill or the... Because yeah. she's the GOAT, and she really is. Then you have these things that are on you all the time and it's tremendous pressure and people were giving her pressure even afterwards saying like, you quit, you know, you don't quit, this is what you sign up for. I'm going to say it again, just like with Naomi, you know, in tennis. No one signs up in sports to have to perform for the world social media event. It's, they sign up because they enjoy it, they love it, they're little kids, especially in gymnastics and tennis. They don't sign up to become sport commentators. They don't sign up to be news media. They don't sign up to have to do. And by the way, gymnasts aren't making a dime. NBA players are. NFL players are. Gymnasts aren't making anything. So there's no requirement for anyone. I mean, it's nice that they can stand up and be like, hey, I'm doing great. And Simone's a great spokesperson. She's articulate. She loves doing that part of it. But that wasn't the issue. It was that she had to take care of herself so she didn't die and kill herself. Because she could have. I mean, it, people don't realize unless you've ever been to a gymnastics event how dangerous it is. So that's why,
1: that's why just I hesitate. I have my issues with it. I have my questions about it, but I can't criticize. You know, it's, a lot of people were equating it to Tukarask in the in the in the bubble in 2020 right. when he just left the team, and it's like it's really tough. And I had problems with that too. But it's really tough unless you know the actual specifics of the situation, right? Because there are. Certainly, and you know, with Tuca, there were certainly situation, family situations that I would leave a team for. Right. And you had no details about what was going on. We have no details about what's going on with Simone. And you talk about the uh, uh, physical aspect of it, the danger of it. And that's something as I'm not a gymnast. I have no idea right. what the level of that's like. So I hesitate. to. You can't criticize her Mm-mm. because you don't know the story.
0: Exactly. But, You're not walking in her shoes.
1: But athletes and people who follow athletes, you know, do have questions, wonder about it, you know. But you can't. It, it's hard. You just hold them. You just see how it plays out because you can't know the specific situation.
0: Well, and, and the thing is, is you know, you know, the, all the, to all the Monday morning quarterbackers out there, right? Yeah. Is that, is that in in any sport, but in specifically speaking to Simone Biles and and so on that. When I do work with athletes at at any level, but particularly because you know I work with pro athletes and elite level, Olympic level, um, the issues that affect their performance, like with Simone this time, aren't related to the sport typically. They fall out into the sport that either they can't continue, they have to stop, they have to do something, like it's usually pressure from home finances, media, right? Div- uh, you know, in, you know, in older athletes, like the men that I see in like the NFL or the NBA or something, they're married, there's family pressure. There's other things going on that are, cont- that are leaking into their ability to function in their day to day athleticism. So it's really, you know, people say, well, what's wrong with him? How come his head's not in it? And it's not because of the game or the sport it's usually not always but usually it's because of something else on the outside yeah. that's pressing on that that creates a problem in the performance so but
1: athletes for generations have dealt with that right yeah. and
0: and and athletes for generation have dealt with it but not always successfully sure. and i mean because i we talked about this last week that you know I grew up in a time where there was, I, I did have a sports psychologist that traveled with us on the team, and I had access to him all the time, and he was one of the first ones ever in the country, and so on and so forth, and God love me still alive, um, I think he's like 90-something years old <laughs> at this point, literally, um, but he, he was ahead of his time, and so I had the benefit of having someone around me, whereas a lot of athletes didn't have that. And so yep. it was being addressed back in the 70s and 80s. There, I just dated myself, <laughs> right? But, um, it, it, but nothing like now, which is why when right. I was 11 years old, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to do sports medicine, sports psych, and really be part of this because there are so many things around like eating disorders and um, you know, pressure of performance at a high level and shame and all these other things that it really need to be addressed. And that's in all sports, football, baseball, basketball. It's all, are you good enough? Who you performing for? Are you gonna follow through? What money's on the line? Who's you know coach right. feelings? I mean, there's so many pieces of it. And into Simone Biles, um, what I think what an amazing thing for out speaking for speaking out for people in their mental health. And and our friend here, I was gonna address this. Our friend here asked, is there a difference between mental hygiene and mental health? Yes, in in the way I look at clinic clinically, is that mental hygiene is the actions you take to protect your overall umbrella of your mental health so mental health is the overarching sense of well-being or not sense of functionality or not um you know all the pieces that really encompass what it is but the mental hygiene is um, good eating good exercise good sleep good stress management a social network healthy around you all the hygiene factors, like how do you take care of your body on a daily? Like, you know, you brush your teeth, you wash your hair. Those are the hygiene factors right. of your of your daily life. But then when you're talking mental health, it's all those other things. So hygiene helps you have good mental health. If you have poor mental health hygiene, then you're not going to do as well. Simone Viles has about, great yeah. mental hygiene, mm-hmm. which is why she was able to step back and she didn't just keep pushing herself knowing that she could get hurt. What were you going
1: to say? Well, hygiene is just your daily routines yeah. and you, the, the the way you cope with things that would threaten your mm-hmm. mental health.
0: Right. And yeah. I think that in, when, with regard to um, both physical and mental health is the more preventative you are, which means the more you're aware, the more you know your body, the more you know your mind, the more you know how you work or not, the better your whole state of being because you'll know when you have to step away. You'll know when, you know, it's kind of like pushing away from the table. You know when you're full. Yeah. And some people don't, or you. you so it's yep. it's the same thing, but people don't think of it the same way. If someone has diabetes, people are like, "Oh, you have diabetes! Oh my gosh, that's so great that you can run a marathon," kind of thing. Or if someone's like, "Oh, you have mental health issues? What is that?" You know, it's got this thing to it. It's like, well, no, anxiety is like diabetes. It's it's always there. It's just how do you manage it? How do you take care of it? And sometimes taking care of it is saying. I'm having it right now. I got to back away. You wouldn't have someone jump out on the on the racetrack or on the field or if they're in the middle of a, you know a, a diabetic drop. Right. <laughs> it just doesn't work. So why put someone in a position to say, "Oh, you're just stressed. Get out there." What does it matter? No, you don't do that.
1: I don't think people understand that mental health issues can be transient as well. I mean, yes. when we think of health issues, you can have a cold and for four or five days, right, or a week or whatever, you're going to deal with it right. and then you're going to move on. Can be the same way with mental health. Exactly, it can be you can be struggling with an issue at that particular time that doesn't speak to your permanent mental condition. It's just something that you're dealing with at the time.
0: Right. Well, and so that's that's how I explained it in the, like last week about like I used the diabetes example because people are like, how come she just didn't go back and, and just do it again? Well, if anyone watched, which I think you did, right? In her vault, she you could I told you last week she I saw where she dropped out because I'm a gymnast, so I know I could see it in the yep. air, right? If you're diabetic and you have all of a sudden a drop in your sugar, for instance, and you're midair and you drop and you're weak and you, you don't just go back and reset. You have to actually have orange juice, a banana. You have right. to like let your body replenish itself. Sometimes, you know, some diabetics can regain 20, 30 minutes later. But most that I know, especially in athleticism, it takes them a day or two to really get their body right. Right. There's no difference in the fact that she knew enough that her mind dropped out on her when she was up in the air because she has so much going on. And I don't know this for a fact. I just know that I'm watching and I can tell, you know, been, yep. been there, done that kind of thing. And so she knew. And it's like athletes do know this, but it's so much more acceptable for the physical one to be. If someone said, oh, she broke her leg, it would have been like, oh, poor girl, blah, 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 whatever. No one would have talked about it again. Right. But it's this, still that whole mental health stigma. and. and You see the ramp up on TV the past week, Michael Phelps commercials everywhere for talk space and all these things for people to, you know, go get help. And there's nothing, you know, shameful about it. And it's interesting because, you know, he's really made a nice space for people to go and do that. You would think that that would translate to athletes, but it's just been a boon of like criticism on athletes that identify themselves as having this. And then people saying, oh, it's a cop out. Now, this translates to normal everyday people life in the fact that I get tons of people a year that have people in their lives tell them, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's no big deal. Yeah. You know, but you wouldn't say that if someone had a broken arm. Right. I mean, broken arm is clear. You know, they have a cast. It's one of those things. It's well, but there's no different. And so I think that hopefully um, this will become more and more the Obvious. problem is
1: problem is there are gray areas in that and there are areas where that works yes and coaches have used that uh to their advantage and used it to the player's advantage over the course of time but there's a point where it turns into you don't just suck it up right and go right
0: well and right. people
1: like in on physical in the uh, physical cases with athletes mm-hmm. usually the line is you're going to hurt yourself more right. if you continue Right. That line is less clear with mental health because sometimes the answer is, yeah, just kind of suck it up and right. go. But sometimes the answer, that's not the answer.
0: Well, so. And is, we
1: talked about it last week. Well, I think the defining. toughness piece yeah. is, is there's, yeah.
0: a, there's a line between having a mental health stress issue that's going to hurt your performance and yourself possibly versus people who tap out or they, you know, they have mental toughness issues. Right. You know, athleticism and sport development in youth is great for ben- building mental toughness of being not a quitter. And we're not talking about Simone Piles being a quitter. That's knowing yourself to know to not get hurt. Or, yeah. t- you know, Rob Gronkowski, when he, you, no one stuck him back out on the field when he was having issues because he would have gotten hurt physically. Troy Aikman. You what?
1: Troy Aikman. Right. Concussions. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, physical, there wasn't a physical thing there, right. but he knew he was at a point where there was risk of more injury.
0: Right. Yeah. And you know, and not to mention, I mean, so I love NoMar Garcia Perez. Remember NoMar? Sure. I love NoMar. Right? So there you know All these things flooded through, like, historically over time of, like, where people probably didn't realize that there's a mental hygiene health issue going on. Nomar did his rituals on his hands because he's an anxious person playing, you know? But everyone just used that as, like, oh, that's a really cool thing. It's his hallmark. Well, there's a reason why he was doing that. And there's a reason why it was back and forth, back and forth. That's
1: ritual. Athletes are are big on ritual.
0: Very much so. And so when, even when something's off, like, for, you know, like... When I would vault, like Simone, right, at the end of the runway, there was a very specific way that I would move my feet to get, and you would never see it, but it was very specific that got my head right. It's a, it's there's all these little teeny things that go into it that are mental rituals to have hygiene in your day to day life that people don't see because you make it look so easy, or it makes it comes, it's just oh, it's just automatic. It's there. It's going to happen. Yep. You know, you know, Tuka-Ross is going to catch every goal. He's going to make sure, well, everybody doesn't see what really goes on to make them the star that they are. And those, and that's in your everyday life. Not everybody sees what you do to make your life function. You know, you compare, compare points. Oh, that person doesn't have any issues. That person never does. It's like, no, no, everybody has their stuff. It's just, you don't see what it is. Um, And it's not spotlighted because they're not on TV or they're not having to be, you know, the role model of the universe.
1: with the Red Sox now, e is that guy. You, yeah. can, you can watch the wheels come off <laughs> on him at, yeah. at a certain point. And you know coming out early whether he's there or not. Right. And it's not physical, it's mental. It's mental. Yeah, and there there have been a lot of athletes in the past where that don't deal with adversity well. You know at the point during the contest where they're kind of struggling with right. what's going on in front of them. Right. And like I said, Erod has been a, a good example of that this year. Sometimes he doesn't have it just coming out, but sometimes he has it and then there's a little adversity and you can watch it kind of unravel for him.
0: Right. Yeah. It, it, and, the, and the benefit of the, of the team sport, going back to what we talked about last week about team versus individual is, you know, you, hockey, baseball, basketball, football, you can get a replacement. Someone can be yeah. Put you know if if there's an issue, next man up. It's like yeah. next man up, or yeah. or we just need to take a break. There's none of that for individual sports: swimming, tennis, golf, gymnastics, running. Right, you're either in it or you're out of it, kind of thing. And so, you know, there's a there's a difference because people, when they're talking about it over the past week or since even the tennis thing, like it's that it's that criticism of like, well, how come they can't suck it up? Well, they don't have anyone else to rely on but right. themselves, so they have to be their own. They have to be their own um, self-sufficient working machine, their coach, their mental coach, their um, trainer, their parent. Like, everything has to happen inside to make sure one takes care of themselves. And, you know, Terry Strug, for instance, if you remember her, she was a gymnast back in the day. And she's the one that did the vault and did it on a broken ankle. And she really technically shouldn't have gone and done the second vault, but it won them the gold right it won the whole team for the United States women the gold medal at the Olympics but Carrie Strug and Bella Caroli were down at the end and they had a full conversation and Bella Caroli's thing was basically like you can do it and and she had mental toughness but the coaching situation there with her and that was pressure and she did it on you know now would you would she say I mean she's done interviews on Lots of different ways about like, should she have done it? Or not whatever. I mean, yeah, the end goal was that they got the gold, but to her deficit physically yeah. and mentally, she was there. But should she have quit and been criticized? I mean, there's that pressure If you quit, then the whole team gets <clears throat> you know let down. So, yeah. so it's and people just don't understand it. again Monday morning quarterbacking because everyone's got something but to say, but no one has a clue what's going on out there and the the dynamic between. Bella Caroli and Carrie Strug and Marta Caroli, his wife, and Carrie Strug and all the pressure on performing at that Olympics. I mean, the amount of pressure at the Olympics is so crazy. So crazy. Um, so
1: um, Simone's performance, the bronze, which yes, not, not, to add, not to add to the pressure here, but that would be considered disappointment? I mean, she's the goat, right? I
0: I don't th- I don't think she's disappointed, and the fact that she no, I don't know she is, but yeah, I, yeah. well, I, yeah, I don't. I mean, on outward appearance, I don't think she's disappointed. I would imagine there's disappointment. I haven't heard any specific. I've heard criticism about like, of course, she only got it. You know, maybe she's not as good as she. Yeah. She's the best in the world. Period. You see it. There's film. There's footage. It's no doubt. There's, you know, just as you know. And I think she went back out there just to say, okay, I can do the beam. The beam is the less even though it's super dangerous, it's the lesser of the speed, injury-prone kinds of things. Yeah, you could break your neck off the beam, but it's mostly right on that surface, yep. and the only thing is the dismount. So do I think she's disappointed. I don't think. So she's a multi-gold medal award-winning you know, Olympian three, there, now three times over.
1: Were there better performances? Was she, her performance off? Was... Uh, Are,
0: her performance her performance Was it the
1: scoring that that we talked about?
0: Yeah, for her I mean from what I saw, her performance mm-hmm. I thought was underscored. But I think that I don't I mean, I don't I can't speak for Simone. I would imagine she doesn't really care. Her point was just to get sure. back up so
1: back on the horse, so to speak. Right.
0: <laughs> ha very <laughs> yeah. good. I see what you did there. Yeah. That was good. Um but I, I don't think she really she has the mental toughness where it didn't. That doesn't matter. She's not really caring about what anyone else thinks, which is super hard in athleticism. Mm-hmm. It's super hard in day-to-day life of normal people, normal non-athletes. Well, you get to, to
1: her level, it gets easier.
0: Right, so it's like, yeah, as, like yeah. She went out to do it probably mostly to prove to herself that she could, because um, she had nothing to prove to anybody else. So I'm sure that she wanted to be able to just do it for herself, and she walks away with a silver medal and a bronze medal and. And she's already got gold. She's got endorsements all over the place. No one dropped her. Everyone's proud of her. That that matters. You know, the people that have criticism, eh, come to the gym. Let's walk on the beam. <laughs> That's all I keep saying is come to the gym. Let's walk on the beam. Let's see how you do it. Four feet yeah. high and four inches wide and both feet fitting on the beam at the same time. And let's see. Just walking. Yeah. And then, you know, people are like, oh, blah, 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 blah. You yeah. know. So it's like yelling at the TV during a football game. They can't hear you. <laughs> I say, they can't hear you. Right. They cannot hear you. So I, I'm so I'm super proud of her. Um, not that my opinion will matter, but I think that people need to relax a little bit on the whole um, criticism because, like you, you're, you're feeling anxious today. If someone walked up to you and said, what's wrong with you? What do you – what's wrong? You don't have stress. What do you have to be stressed about? That's essentially saying the same thing. It's like, yeah. why – who are, who are anybody to say that to anybody, and and, and I see that a lot. Well, you I mean, don't tell anybody because nobody cares. Part of the reason why some of my clients have their issues is because <laughs> yeah. there's not a lot yeah. of support. Go ahead.
1: You don't tell everybody because nobody cares.
0: Well, nobody you cares, go out but, and but do also your people job. that do care yeah. enough to have an opinion about it. The opinion is not healthy. Yeah. Because most people, I'm trying to think if that's the right word. Most, many. I won't use most. Many people have a a negative, toxic opinion about. Mental Everything.
1: issues. What? <laughs> Everything.
0: It, well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. within the context of this, Lou, yeah. um, you know, there's a commentary about y- you don't have an- anxiety. What's wrong with you? I mean, you don't... Look at my anxiety. Look at what yeah, I have exactly. to be anxious over and I'm not even anxious. You know, that exactly. kind of thing. Yep. I see that all the time, especially in kids and parents telling or their grandparents telling them, like, you don't have anxiety.
1: Yeah.
0: I have anxiety. Yeah. If anyone should, I should. You know, and I've told you before, I grew up with a lot of that around yep. me of like you have you're you're 10 you have nothing to be anxious over yep oh yeah have you walked in my shoes you know uh-huh. <laughs> well, there there's this, there's something to be said for an 11 year old who makes a, a a national team and saying to them they don't have stress that's
1: crazy Just saying. Yeah. yeah right yep
0: or I broke my arm when I was eight years old and was told that it didn't hurt but I had a compound fracture and almost lost it just that's,
1: <laughs> that's lack of tools you know the, the person dealing with you doesn't have the tools to deal with what it is you're talking about
0: right yeah right or they and there's so many people that walk through life and and have those blinders on like if it doesn't happen to them and it doesn't it doesn't exist even right. though they can see it it's like you know people go over and serve in in wartime and you know in country and people here you know are like oh out of sight out of mind doesn't exist and someone comes back and no one talks about it because why because no one one cares and no one understands it not to say that no one cares you know what i'm saying people
1: have asked over the years why i did do therapists and it's it's just that particular reason because your group of friends Mm -hmm. generally speaking you can't have these discussions with right because a you put them in a bad position b they don't have tools to deal with it c it becomes personalized to them you know, it's just not a productive conversation a lot of times. Right. So to sit down with someone who has some objectivity and can, you know, just go well, back no and forth skin in with the you game. on When you have yeah. a
0: therapist or when you have a doctor that you're working with like me, is I don't have skin in your game. So right. I, I can s- sit outside of it and have lots of um, generated ideas about how to manage, f- help you manage your own way of dealing with something without personal investment.
1: Right. What you're giving me isn't filtered by your own stuff.
0: Right. Right. Because that's, you know, and there's a big difference between the way I work and a lot of other doctors work in the fact that a lot of doctors, and it is a lot of doctors that I know that will sit and just, they won't give suggestions or generate those. They'll just do a lot of, how does it make you feel? How yeah. does it make you feel? And I think that gets people stuck yeah. Yeah. because it's not solution focused and it's solution focused right. therapy or solution focused model of life. Um, is that you're always generating ideas that get you unstuck from the moment? Because most of the time, and I'm being very general when I say that, most of the time when people feel like they can't move forward, is because they haven't generated beyond the one space because they feel stuck and trapped uh, in their in their stuff. And so I almost said the other word. Yeah, that's okay. They um, mm-hmm. um, They they get stuck like that. They are held hostage by the. Moment with no other alternatives kind of like when people to the extreme go into like suicidal thoughts Is that they don't think that there's any other way out and I always say there's 500 different ways out and Clients will say but I, you know why well, I haven't had suicidal issues right yeah. now, but it's just like I but I've thought of all those I've done all those no you haven't yeah, because right. there's there's always ways out
1: And I think people live in a predator-prey relationship a lot of the times yes. where they won't give up a problem or a struggle right. because they don't feel safe in the environment. Right. People are just going to you know, people are just going to turn on them, use that against them. And right. this might be my stuff leaking in well, uh, more here, but you don't you can't have honest conversations with a lot of people because they'll turn and use it on you.
0: Well, th- that that's a possibility, so there's a lot of defensiveness, you know, in the, in the environment for yourself and also that I'm I'm thinking of examples that I've heard in the past week of people just they hear you and then they personalize it and start telling you about their experience and then you override what you're saying, which is the benefit of having uh, therapy, uh, that you don't have that. And if you do have that, that means your your therapy is probably not as good as, you know, it's like, oh, this is what happened to me. And your therapist tells you, oh, well, this, you think that's bad, let me tell you about mine. You know, I mean, unless you have, I do have a couple of clients that I've been seeing for years and years and years. And so they know about like several of the recent life experiences I've had because it's hard not to be a human being and say, oh, by the way, you think yours is bad.
1: <laughs> well, see, that that's what's going on here because it's hard for me to be on the air every day and not let stuff out. Right. You know, and I, I came to a point years ago where it's like, screw it, it's going out. Right. You know, it's just the way it is.
0: Well, so so that's one of the differences in like, you know, doing, I've been practicing for almost 26 years. And so there's a difference in the way that I do things is that if, if something happens in my life, traditional therapy is you don't tell anybody, you don't act, you know, and it's like, then you're not human and people don't think you, you know, people don't think you bleed kind of thing. And that's not normal.
1: But so it's like
0: if someone dies or someone has anxiety, I have no problem saying like, of course I have anxiety at times. I have performance anxiety, used to, clearly not anymore.
1: (laughs) But to me, that's strong mental health because what happens is I think in a lot of these cases, you hesitate to talk about it because you are overly concerned about what other people think about that your Mm -hmm. what image that portrays what they pull from it right when you're strong in yourself you don't care what other people think right it's like no I'm just dealing with this it's I'm fine it'll be okay I'll get it under control but I'm dealing with
0: it exactly yeah and and so and well So so when
1: you're overly concerned about judgment and people are very judgmental you're gonna to have to live with judgment through your life because everybody's judgmental.
0: Well, so that kind of like transfers over to an, another good point that we can talk about is is how many people do their lives based on what other people might think, do think, think that they might think, based on the self-conscious nature of how we want to make sure that yeah. no one judges us, or no one thinks we're bad, or no one thinks that we aren't good enough, or. And so you're people pleasing all the time, looking for approval, looking for acceptance. Um, I mean, that's a huge theme.
1: To a degree, everybody, but right. it's it's well, a matter yes. of what that degree is. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So you know, and so the large portion of anxiety-ridden people that I ever see, which I think speaks to the generalizability of most people who have anxiety, there's often a social component of judgment, of I don't want someone to think, you know, this me. Yeah. Um, I feel guilt, you know, when you hear someone say, I feel guilty, well, why? Well, because I don't want that person or them or someone or myself think this of myself.
1: Well, bringing it back to Simone Biles, even yeah. like in a work environment, you don't want people to think that if you're off your game, you're worthless.
0: Right. Because then you worry that you're going to get fired, right. or that someone's going to think that you're not good enough or right. that you should be demoted or things like that. And and I think that when you're not think I, I clinically have evidence knowing just not just anecdotal. There's research, too, is that the stronger self-efficacy, the self-belief you have in your own self that's not based on other people's judgment or the thought that you have of other people's judgment. you You're, you're going to be more likely to be moving up the ladder, so to speak, of your life because there's an automatic blockade and containment field that comes around you that with that attitude that you put out in the world that's healthy, people's opinions can be like, oh, well, something's going on. Look how strong that person is versus, oh, they're falling apart because there's something wrong with them because it's the way that the person's putting themselves out in the world. And not everyone puts themselves out in the world like Simone did. That's... You know, pe- some people say, oh, that's so weak. No, actually, that is solid straight on exactly how it should be. It's kind of like oh, someone you know, someone dies two weeks ago, three weeks ago in my life. There's no reason why I can't be able to have like a tear and have someone be like, oh, what's wrong? But that's not acceptable. Yeah. Well, for me, it is. And if you don't like it, well, I'm sorry. Well, it's <laughs> not really.
1: It's prey behavior. It's like you either act like prey. In right. other words, you're worried about all the judgment right. that any of your actions Someone's bring. that's coming at you, right. Attacking like prey. So what you do when you do that is you attract predators. Right. When you don't act like a prey, you don't attract exactly. predators.
0: That's, yeah. it, and that's a great metaphor for yeah. it, really. It truly is because, yeah, you're not looking. When you look weak and vulnerable, Yep. right, versus if you are not weak, if you are vulnerable, let's put it that way. If you're vulnerable because something's up, that doesn't mean that something's going to attack you. It's all in the way that you put it out there. And so... You know. It's coming
1: up with the person who's approaching life with what do you think, what do you think, what do you think, as opposed to here I am and right. I don't care what you think. All right, I care what you think, but it's it's not a priority for me. Right, yeah. right,
0: right, and it, and it and it doesn't matter. I am watching through the through the I window. Are you seeing my screen jump? Yep. So for people that can't see, I got distracted for a second because I've got, like, a beach flashing behind It's very pretty, by the way. And then mountains, and then my, then my screen. A Chromecast
1: connection is a little <laughs> bit weak this morning. Apparently. I'm like, ooh, I'm yeah. seeing
0: a lot, so I just have to
1: But this is, a, and it comes down to the, uh, one of the basics, you can tell me if I'm wrong, about mental health. And I will. I know you will because you enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> one of the, the primary, the sill, the cornerstone of, of uh, mental health is self your self identity your how you feel about yourself yes and it's like listen i have faults i have this and all that but i'm okay you know
0: right well so that goes back to are we externalizing versus internalizing so uh, people often work on their externals and say this is what's making me feel bad versus okay when we take all the externals away um it's the internal work that happens which is speaking of freud long-term. Oh, it took us a while to get here. So speaking of Freud, but um, when you, when you're doing long-term therapy, like most of my clients stay with me long-term, like because they end up getting through all their externals and realize that the way that they feel maintained is that they're working internally all the time. And so day-to-day life is life transition, life adjustment, things come up through the year. So their lifers essentially are long-term because they look for coaching essentially through, you know, mental health coaching through their lives that is really on the internal of how to keep the strength of the ego, your reality manager, the thing that keeps you from seeing things correctly versus distorted, uh, rational versus rational, that that really comes from an internal sense of self yeah. versus the outside, like this is happening to me, this is happening on me, someone else did this, instead of it being like, what do I have in my environment internally to be able to control for me, my thoughts, my feelings, my actions, and then outside of that, you know, yeah, there's gonna be yep. some pressures here and there, but how do I still maintain myself?
1: And 98% of the people that hang around you that you deal with don't have that
0: perspective. right? So that's... That's why they come to see me. That,
1: yeah, you know, that, that's that been a the therapy thing for, right. for me for years. It's like you can go in and have a conversation that most of the people in your life aren't capable of
0: having. Right, yep. exactly. Exactly, because people get... Friends get too caught up in each other's stuff because it triggers them to not... It's it's not because they don't have boundaries, which is also true. They don't have boundaries. But, but often it's just that... Friendships cross over boundaries, and they and everyone gets triggered by everyone else's stuff, and then they have a shareability, you know, which is great about working, you know, like with the AA groups and the NA. Those are all great groups yeah. because there's that overlapping boundary cross in a healthy way. Of there's a universal shared experience that everyone can talk about for an ism, you know, yep. alcoholism, gambling, sex addiction, eating, whatever it is, that there's an overlapping thing that everyone can share on. But when you need a real objective eye so that you can get your own self, self-observing eye, you have to be able to have someone that's not a peer, that's not a friend, be yeah. able to, to really look at you and say, hey, I understand it from this perspective. Sometimes personal, but most of the time it's just being like, hey, I get it from this perspective. And you, you set that boundary for them to teach them how to have a boundary and not let it fall down. Because yeah. most of the times people... There's a lot of most today. Most of the times people who yeah. have these these issues come up is because their boundaries fall. Yep. Or they aren't able to keep a boundary. Or they don't even know how to set a boundary. Right. You know, when you have a lot of these things. And that, going back to Simone, she set a boundary and people didn't like it.
1: Right. Because people don't like boundaries. And
0: people don't like boundaries. Because yeah. they, they, then they can't get through. They can't permeate. They can't, in, you know, infiltrate. And we do that. And it's super unhealthy, and that's what families do to each other.
1: Yeah, it's funny because I would see, I would challenge people to list or think about the amount of people, the people in their lives where they are safe having a conversation. Right. And I've got maybe five. Mm -hmm. I was working through the list in my head. I've got maybe five, where I can sit down and tell them anything. They're not necessarily objective. May not have a lot of help, but they're not going to, you know, they're not. You're not going to be prey with them. Right. They're going to take care of you
0: i'm smiling because i'm thinking of like who i don't
1: have yeah right
0: not her not him not and him it's not funny, her.
1: funny how often family isn't on that list
0: yeah oh god no yeah no
1: they're the biggest predators of all well, family because that's usually. where
0: you that's where <laughs> yeah. you learn to be yeah. prey yeah family exactly. teaches you how to be prey yep yeah. because it indoctrinates you into your patterns you know or your role you know you know, you're the comedian, you're the scapegoat, you're the yep. hero, you're the something in the family that becomes... Yeah, the screw-up. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the black sheep, you're the, you're the bad one, you're the annoying one, you're the, the baby, whatever it is, it's, you've got your label. And so usually in healthy friendships or healthy outside world relationships, that doesn't fall away, but it gets put in check because you have a persona out in the world that changes your dynamic because your social persona as Carl Jung would say, right? You have your you have your shadow side. Yep. You have your anima and your animus, you know, your feminine and your masculine side that you see. You have your shadow side and you have your self side. You, mm-hmm. you know, you have all those sides. And when you put that out in the world, it's very different than in family life because yep. family life sort of pigeonholes you because usually it's a structural hierarchy. And so that gives you, in, in social life that happens too, but you have a little bit different control in that. I almost lost it because I saw my screen go off. Did you see that?
1: Yes, I, I'm right behind you, so I can see it. I know, I but I keep it seeing
0: it flash. And I'm like, my screen keeps flashing We'll, we'll leave me. it
1: on the pirate ship for now. <laughs> um but so there are people that you can talk to but see therapy rises above that a little bit because i think people that you can talk to and i have people i can talk to who will always support me yes always have something to say and they're generally smart or emotionally mature enough people to have something to add right right so that i can usually get something to add but for the most part they're just playing the role of supporting me yes which is great yes because you need that but the therapist is someone who will support you and give you something useful
0: Right. Well, the role of therapist is not that the others don't. Is 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 supposed to. This is my way of doing it. You're not just there to listen. You're there to listen and offer not advice per se, but suggestions and ways of getting to a different place in a person's life by guiding them through different alternatives, or generating them and collaborating with a person to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you find someone that can do that with you, that's fantastic because family and friends typically don't do that. That's, you know, I just, when I walked in today, I was on the phone with someone. I was on the phone with a parent of of a client today and talking to them about how they have to disengage from the emotional stuff because they feel like they have to fix it for, it's an adult child. And I said, you actually have to ask them, what do you need from me? And usually the answer is, I need you to listen. So that's all that people usually are looking for is someone yeah. to listen to them. I have clients that I sit with, and they don't want me to give them any alternatives. And they do fine. We just, they're looking to put it out there. And they're open to having suggestions, but sometimes it's just to listen. Most of the time when you're in your friend groups or in your family, everyone's got to offer advice. And yeah. offering offering advice is usually is not good advice.
1: Talking. <laughs> you know why, advice. You know why that's important, too, because what talking does is it's processing mm-hmm. taking those thoughts and feelings and emotions and reducing them to words and thoughts when you have to especially for someone like me right. you know a writer words mean things right when i have to choose a word to describe what it is i'm feeling that's a very important process because it, it makes me vet it it makes me go through it right. to find the right word right you know so processing is so important that's why the ability to talk to people and I'm not diminishing therapists when I say, most people do their own work. Yes. And how many times have you sat there with someone's talking to you goes, you know, while I'm talking about this, I'm just thinking. Exactly.
0: I have that happen probably several times a week. And I love that because it's because they've had a place to just talk. And it's usually in those moments of me being silent. And then they've talked it through. And then they'll say oh, now that I'm hearing it out loud, saying it to you, I just realized blah, blah, blah. And then I just reaffirm it and say, yep, or I give a little bit extra.
1: That how do you make it's, you feel is the process of you putting it into words because right. that is processing the emotion. Right. Because when you're just dealing with it as an emotion, when you're just thinking about it, you're not forced to pare it down. Right. So it kind of runs wild. Right. But when you have to express it, then you have to come to grips with it and you become more aware of it. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. And, and the more you become aware of it, The better, then the pattern becomes in a strength base because then you're able to go. Oh, now I've changed the way I thought, which changed the way I felt, which then made me have a different behavior, which makes me more aware of it even more to have it happen again.
1: Me today, I had these things, and I go, What is it? It's like I'm a little anxious. All right, and then the question is, All right, why are you anxious? And now that's what I have to go through, you know, for the rest of, you know, for the next couple hours until I figure out. Okay, that's why.
0: I bet you, as soon as we get off the air and you tell me a hot second of what's going on, I'll be able to tell you. I know
1: what's going on. Oh, I've I've already got
0: there. Okay. Well, that's good. So then I'll help fix it afterwards. There we go. go, Right. Yeah. Um, But, but, but that's the thing is that you've already got it. Right. So that's a huge point because many people don't get, and I'm not saying they don't get it. They don't get to that point because they ruminate and they get stuck in the loop of, I don't know. And with anxiety, it's an interesting thing um because i think it's interesting that so many times i've said in my career to people that i'll say what are you anxious over and people will say nothing yeah Mm
1: -hmm. and i'll
0: say but you're anxious yes okay so what is it that you're thinking of nothing okay so everyone that's listening if you have anxiety (laughs) you are thinking something it's not blank your brain is not blank i trust me it's not and so and then it's it's a very slow process of having to peel that onion away to say When you're sitting there anxious, there's actually all these thoughts going on. Sometimes it's one particular thing. Sometimes it's fifty-five thousand things. Sometimes it's something from five weeks ago that's being triggered now that you're not super conscious of, but it's there. And people, you know, and usually, usually you can get it right down to the moment. But people aren't trained to do that in their heads, so they just swirl. That's what that you know. You'll hear generalized anxiety. You know, generalized anxiety is when a person really is more ruminative over like lots of things. They're a worrier about worry, a meta worry, worry about worry about worry. And So when you say, well, what are you thinking about? And they don't know it's, well, that's because there's usually like something just happened or something's coming or, you know, there's something there, but the person's just like, I'm just so anxious. And And oftentimes
1: it's just general noise floor. So it's hard to pick out the thing that is stressing you at that particular moment, because there's a lot of stuff going on
0: and and it's in, so i so i i stay in the sport mode for for everybody because it's very super clinical about the anticipatory anxiety sits on people every day all people get it if they don't they're lying mm-hmm. because everybody has to have a little bit of stress or a little bit of anxiety to get through life And some of it's really good, healthy, and some of it's really not. Like the inverted you I talked about last week, right? You have to have some sense of it. But everyone has an anticipatory anxiety piece to them, and that creates the continuum of where you fall on it to the degrees of functionality that you end up having. And if you don't have the coping strategies as you've been raised, essentially, from childhood to manage that in a healthy way, you'll bear out to have way more... You know, we, we talk about physical problems, you know, heart disease, diabetes, obesity, anorexia, eating disorders. You, all those things bear out because of the underlying anticipatory anxiety that goes unchecked, essentially.
1: Right. And, and people have vastly varying degrees of that. Yes. I was, for a long time, I was a huge threat generator. Yeah. Like, everything was a threat. Right. And I was making, if there weren't threats, I was making them up.
0: Right. Yeah. And, that's, yeah. and that's what people do, yeah. because in order to function without stress or, or anxiety, that's so foreign, so one has to then be always anticipating, which is the meta-worry. I'll worry about worry that I don't have, because if I don't have something, then there must be something to worry about. And if I don't worry about that, then, then what am I going to do? Because life isn't normal, so I have to worry about that. It's just, it's an endless loop. And to be able to slow that train down so you don't crash and burn, right? Never go faster than you want to crash yeah right true and when your mind gets running like that the crash is you know panic disorder or you know overeating or restricting your eating or um you know breaking out in cold sweat or having like fainting spells or whatever it is it translates for a person at the extreme levels um or getting the twisties in the the middle of the air (laughs) right or
1: for most of the people sleep right most of the people that time when you're trying to get to sleep insomnia Mm -hmm. yeah
0: well, and, and so good question that people ask me is, why is it at nighttime that I get this? Do you know?
1: My guess is, I'm not a professional, my guess is that the noise floor drops yep. and your mind is roaming free. You have nothing, else to, th- you have nothing right. else to deal with but your thoughts. Right. So what you do is you deal with your thoughts.
0: Right. So all day long.
1: And the mind's going, oh, you're listening to me? Here yes, we go. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that's why, because at nighttime, all your distractors are gone. All the things that you had to do that kept you away from really looking at or thinking about, or all the
1: things you use, right? Whether it be TV, whether it be alcohol, whether whatever it is, right? All the things you use to distract yourself in that process.
0: Now, yep. right there in front of you.
1: Yeah, it's gone. So right. it's just you and your mind.
0: Right, and so when people, which use, isn't a
1: comfortable relationship for a lot of people.
0: It, well, and that's and so that's where you get a lot of times people will use excessive alcohol because it brings them through that period of time where they know, well, I don't have to sit with myself. And they're not necessarily aware that that's what they're doing, but I certainly pointed yep. out. Or, you know, all the times that people are like, I'm going to use Ambien, Trazodone, Seroquel, all the sleep meds. Right, but you're still not sitting with your stuff to be able to really look at it to get through, you know, your sleep insomnia issue that you're having. Um, that's, why de- that's why
1: depression craves sleep sleep is an escape it's it's, a, it's an escape from that moment
0: well, and right and so people long for the sleep but then they're so threat generating by the time they get to sleep go to sleep they're thinking about six hours before like i'm not going to sleep tonight yep so
1: or what am i going to do for the next four hours
0: right yep. and so the and so there's really specific techniques that you know You, you know, I mean, and it's often dependent. It's not just your thought process. I mean, so sometimes people associate nighttime when they're adults, something that happened in childhood at night. So nighttime's hard. You know, I work with veterans that have, you know, been in Vietnam and in in Afghanistan and Iraq who nighttime is a terrible sleep time, and it's the anxiety that comes up because they're anticipating bombs dropping they're yep. anticipating the threat that's was truly there in their lives now they have trauma so they wait till the morning to sleep because the pattern's now changed you know there's some really legitimate threats in their mind that are no longer but they have created them to be in a pattern that has to be brought down into a space where they can flip back over um or childhood things that have happened you know i've had clients that have have had break-ins of their homes and at night and there's things that usually relate to the anxiety that gets created at nighttime, to have those threats come up for a person to generate. Yep. Not always. Sometimes it's just meta-worry, worry about worry, you know, what am I going to, you know, simple as, what am I going to wear tomorrow is as big for some people as mm. having anticipatory anxiety of a bomb dropping next to them and people are like, oh, and, you know, you'd know, yeah. you know, you think, oh, it's funny, right? Because, you know, because it sounds funny, but the amount of, ang- it's the exact same amount of anxiety in the creation in the person, even though it's like, oh, that sounds so silly because it's so petty. But in a person yeah. that feels anxious, it doesn't matter. Their reason is their reason. And, and that's so funny one how one, it's a bomb and one, it's closed.
1: It's funny how you develop your skills and you start to see this in other people. You start right. to see, it's like, wow. You know, you just see what's going on with them. Right. Yeah. And this is, I think, where it's important to separate yourself from your mind and Mm -hmm. your thoughts this is Mm -hmm. you know most people swim in their thoughts and think they are their thoughts and think that's their world and who they are and it's not it's it you know my favorite metaphor lately you're walking your dog your mind is your dog yep if your dog starts barking and freaks out do you bark and freak out no right you understand that that's the mind is there to threat generate. That's its a job to keep you alive, right? But you got to be able to separate from that.
0: Well, and so, but interesting that because when people have out of control anxiety, out of control, right? Or yeah. they have anxiety that they don't feel they can control. Because people say, "I can't control it." Think of that as the metaphor. Like it's the dog barking, and you're barking with the dog. You're yelling at the dog. You can't. The dog is running all over the place. It won't stop. It will sniff yeah. everything. You can't. That's because you haven't. Put a boundary to train the dog your mind into how do i keep it on a straight line how do i keep it in check yep. how do i have it obey my own self et cetera et cetera because that's what happens but but then it goes to external i can't stop it because the dog is walking me yep. so you see that and often i'll be i'll be running or walking and if there's a friendly looking person i can see the dog like leading them all over the place yep. i'll say out loud oh, who's walking who, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, just as a funny thing, but it's true. And, and I have that whole mental thing in my head of going like, oh, because that gives me a lot of insight as to the fact that that's probably what the household is. Like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I know, exactly. Because yeah. if, if yeah. the dog walker and the dog are having that problem, that means that's probably going on with the kids at home. And there's not a lot of control. And you know, not always, but these things are just really out in the world and show you a lot about what goes on and and how people manage their lives but
1: it starts with if you're walking your dog and the dog freaks out and is scared by something Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you don't run you know you you assess the situation and you come to a more appropriate response to it and then you try to get the dog in line right but a lot of people with their mind when the mind freaks out they freak out yeah you know they just they just go with it without vetting you know, what the mind is doing, what the threat really is. And, exactly. yeah you
0: know. well, it's like when a dog get, I mean, here we go with the metaphors yeah. the dog gets off the leash, right? Think of that as like your uh. your thoughts getting away with you. Yeah. Dog gets off the leash. You see sometimes people will like run like and what does the dog do? Run yep. <laughs> right? Instead of stop running and it's screaming play time. at the dog yeah. to come back, you just <laughs> go, All right. I'm just gonna let I'm gonna let it happen and the dog I'll keep walking and eventually the dog will come back or yeah, but it's but you can see it with people you know well, I see people do this all the time. Their dog gets out or they get away, yeah. and they go, "Oh my god!" And the panic comes up, and they run, and then the dog's like, "Oh, game!" And we're yeah. going to run. So that's like your mind. It's like, you're "Oh, not gonna if catch I allow the dog. it to run, and I'm going to chase it, I'm yeah. going to still be in the same position. We're going to be running all day."
1: Yeah, you're not going to catch the dog.
0: No. Yeah, and so, and and you see that in in. What a relatable experience to real life is. This is what happens, and if people could think more in those visuals or metaphors, or seeing it for real life ap- a- applicable experiences, that this is what happens to your brain when you have um, mental health issues. That's the other thing I was gonna say, because of our friend that asked the question, is people have have this stigma around mental health issues. Like there's something yeah. bad. Like there's you know they're going into a psych ward. There it's just it's just people have. Stuff you know, mental health issues is like med- Oh, someone has medical issues. That's a range of you know they have asthma. Right. I have asthma. I have I have a medical issue. That doesn't mean that I'm dying. Right. It means I have a medical issue. So someone has a mental health issue. It doesn't mean that they're a schizophrenic axe murderer. It means that they have something going on that makes them either anxious or stressed or depressed or right. You know, maybe they have bipolar. Whatever it is, you know. I was listening. I was at I was at the airport this past week. Oh, really? And um and i was listening to a father explain to his young sons they're probably in their 10 12 range about someone who has bipolar illness oh that must have been interesting cringing because he was wrong i didn't interject which normally i do but i was like you know maybe the last couple weeks i'm like i'm tired i'm off duty (laughs) so um but i was listening giggling to myself going this is why they're so misinformed is he was describing it as, "Oh, the person's really sick. They could hurt someone. They are psychotic. Yeah. Um, they're mean people. Um, you don't want to be anything to do with them as a friend." And I, and I was like, "Ugh." I'm not. And yeah. normally I would have said, "Well, I'm actually a doctor, and that's not really true." And this, yep. but I was like, Ugh, "I didn't have the investment." But, but just that one little moment of this father telling his two sons about the friend that has bipolar illness that was not even remotely close set these two people's minds into a set as young people of bipolars bad. Right, and that is not you know. All I wanted to say is actually, it's just when a person's depressed on one end of it, and they're really manic and hyper on the other, and sometimes they can't control either side, so they have to have medication, or they have to eat certain things, or yeah. they have to exercise a certain way. And no one's an axe murderer. But, <laughs> but the dad was explaining it like that. This person is a sociopath. But there's and, a
1: wide range of outcomes depending on how well managed the uh, well, situation is. Exactly, but yeah.
0: this is why this is the misinformation of the socialized. Mental health topic that create back to Simone Biles is that when you're talking about mental health, when someone says that, it immediately goes to oh she's crazy, yeah, oh she's crazy, she's going right in the loony bin, you know. It's like no, it's just you know if there's better words, maybe I can come up with you know a different way of talking about mental health issue as a describer.
1: Well, well, let's start here. What percentage of people have mental health issues?
0: Everybody. <laughs> yeah. No.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. People who are casting. Everybody. Cast, people who are casting aspersions on mental health issues or struggles. People who struggle with things. It just you know because they a lot of, a lot of times they do it to create some level of superiority in their mind. Well, and it and their also makes them feel better
0: about themselves. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly. You know, it's like I don't have a mental health issue. Yeah. Yes, oh, you I'm do. I'm not crazy. Yes, you do. <laughs> I'm willing to the bet fact you do. You just said that is a yeah. mental health issue. <laughs> there you go. Who are you to say that?
1: Right. Uh.
0: Right? Well, and that's why I think it's it's so much better that, you know, the stigma ke- just keeps getting knocked down and down and down because I see every day I can't think of a somebody that I don't know that doesn't have an issue. Everybody has their stuff. Yeah. You do, I do, everybody. And if someone says they don't, that's their stuff.
1: And it's scary how little society, our society, deals with this and should be dealing with it from the beginning. I mean, this is something... <laughs> This is a school issue. I mean, they'll, right. te- they'll teach you to brush your teeth and eat your vegetables, but they won't teach you how to deal with your own mind, which is probably the most important battle you face.
0: Well, and and not to knock any teachers because that wouldn't be the point here. Is it? The it's No, about teachers the, do what they're teachers, what the curriculum tells them. Te- to do. Right. Yeah. Teachers don't have teachers don't have that in their in their wheelhouse, um, and then the fact that they've introduced it recently in the past decade and a half roughly I think into some school systems that you know they're being really savvy on you know every every hour there's a 10 minute um, relaxation break or there's you know rooms that are built into the schools now where there's like calm rooms and you can go and have meditation not because of any religious thing there's some of that but most of the time they're just not built in When we have research evidence good good evidence that when kids get a break and have Um, meditative guided imagery or guided relaxation things throughout the day, their production level of their academics and their overall mental health well-being is much better. But schools won't invest in that. They'll, They'll invest millions of dollars into a football program, but not 10 cents into like, let's make sure everyone's stable.
1: Which the goes football the whole thing programs. on,
0: like, you know, catching, like, you know, the kids that slip through the cracks, like Columbine and Sandy Hook, and you won't catch everybody in terms of, like, mental health, but people know, and you catch that through, like, watching those kinds of um, programs being implemented, because you see... More than just like, you know, life is passing by fast and kids come in and out of your room and like, oh, you know, little Billy is spiraling out of control because he has ADD yeah. that's not Medicaid. He's probably getting abused at home and no one's watching, you know.
1: Don't knock the football program. What? Don't knock the football program. Oh, no, I'm I not, not know, no, huge... I'm just
0: saying that they'll put the money into that yeah. because that's a that's a generator for the social. Absolutely, no. And just like they don't put money into, you know cheerleading, they'll put money into, you know, it's about equalizing across the board all the programs that really enrich a kid's life, sport programs, art programs, mental health programs, good you know, home ec programs where they are teaching like sexual health and all the other pieces that really need to build and round out instead of it being so lopsided, um, they need to have that balance so that it catches the kids that don't yep. have the outlets like sports and all that, never knocking those programs ever, no. no. It's,
1: it's funny, that meme that goes around in my head, I say this 10 times a day, some of y'all have never played on the team sport and right. it shows. Yes. And, you know, it's like most, a lot of society you walk through, never been part of a team. You don't right. you don't know how to act as a team, you don't know how to act cooperatively. Well,
0: and, you know? and I think that that, and that goes back to just like, you know, the Montessori schools teach the whole team aspect and the individual aspect out of the academics if you're not familiar with like the charter school model or the montessori it's very much about the nurturing environment of a group yep and how it stimulates an individual to be successful on their own while being interdependent which is super healthy and not being codependent or being um stuck in the system as in um as if like the school system's the mothership it's become not that it's actually like how to be Sharing and cooperative, and look to each other so that each individual is successful on their own, but still has a group to go. Hey, what do you think?
1: Teams require that. Yeah. I mean, Bill Belichick, do your job. As much as it's a team sport, it's one of the primary basics of it is do your your job, do what you have to do, be good at what you do, and then that's going to be a contribution to the team. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And that, and that's, and that, so you could get that through mental health training in school systems by put by implementing the a mental health program of just, you know, start the morning every day with everyone doing like a, you know, a 2 minute let's everyone do like a guided relaxation thing to start the day or or even a guided jumping jack program. Like when I teach my college classes in person, Oftentimes, right at the beginning of class, because I always get the one o'clock class after everyone's eating lunch, I I have everyone after the first couple of yep. times we meet. like We're getting up, and we're going like, to move and talk and not sit in the chair. And I've got 30 kids, 30 adults in my room going what yeah because this is what we need to do to get stimulated so that you're not falling asleep while we're talking
1: right yeah right
0: and, and if you so but it's it's coordination of like yep everyone's gonna do it and you'll get one i'm not doing that well you are let's do this you know it's part of participating yeah. um but I, it would be great if they could start that at kindergarten preschool yeah you know because it's it's the team spirit
1: i'm getting to write a kids book about walking a dog Exactly. the metaphor of walking a dog, yeah.
0: Right. Because, so, that,
1: again, that's a concept that can be taught early, and it's it's something that should be taught early.
0: Yes. You should. Here's the operative word. Should, <laughs> should, should, should. Yeah. So, anyway, so bringing it back around before I wrap up. Um, so, I think that the Simone Biles and all the other, I'm sure that all the other examples that will be coming out as, as examples now, because this has opened the door hopefully, and maybe for people to really be um, smart about their mental health. Um, I think it's, you know, something for people to really look at this this week and this year and yep. looking at how to take better care of yourself so that you know how to have a better performance. Who knows, you know, you know, she might, if she didn't do that, maybe she wouldn't have been able to get on the beam and do that because it would have ended, she would have broken something or something would have ended tragically. Yep. Um, we don't know, but the fact is, is like, don't knock someone until you walk in their shoes, which you can't. Um, and, and everybody's got stuff, and you function despite dysfunction, and um, and quitting is one thing. This isn't quitting when you know yourself yeah. and you know that you are protecting yourself. Quitting because you're halfway up a mountain and it's too hard because you're tired is very different. That's quitting. Yeah. You, know, you don't get three quarters of the way up to a mountain top and go, yeah, I can see the top, but yeah, it's just not worth it. That's quitting. And there's no reason not to not to finish. Right. That's quitting. But when you're in the middle of something and you go, know, "Oh, this is bad. I'm out of out of sorts, and I don't think I can I'm do just, it."
1: I'm worried about the all the ten uh, year olds walking up to the dad and going, "My head's not in the right space. I don't want to play Little right. League tonight."
0: Right, and that and that's because it's very really yeah. easy for excuses. But yeah, usually, I mean, in those cases, just as a as an aside, um, when there's good boundaries and good guidance and all those things in families, you typically don't have quit. Right. When you have people that, when you have kids that walk up and say, Oh, you know, it just—I just can't make it to the remainder of the top. I, you know, it's just too hard." Yep. Yeah. That's usually you've got families that are supporting that it's okay to quit. Yep. Yeah. We'll go get an ice cream.
1: Yeah.
0: At the minimum. <laughs> well, modeling there's something wrong it. once yeah. in a while with yeah. like you know what, let's go. You know, like I. I use that as a technique sometimes. I'm like, oh the math is really hard right now. You know what? We've, we've just fought for an hour over it. Let's go do something else and come back and do it. But we always come back and do it. We don't just quit yep. and go forget it. Right. Right? So it's it's it comes back to parenting. Hmm. Hmm.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there's there's the next show. Like everything right? else yes. I have so many things to say about that. We um so next week. Because I will be attending an event on my normal taping day or my normal live show, um, we are going to go live on Monday. We just haven't settled on a time yet, but we will. It's going to be, be early. It's going to be early. Yeah. So you'll be able to catch it if you don't want to get up early. You'll be able to catch the <laughs> show at some other point during the week. But next Wednesday, I will not be going live. It's going to be, be a be sunrise <laughs> session. My, yes, I will be going on um, Monday, and um, it will be very fun because I got to give my plug because I'm going to have to have you put this up. I have to raise ten thousand dollars for the New England Patriots Foundation for the Boston Marathon for October 11th. I have now raised one hundred dollars. Oh, two hundred fifty. Two hundred fifty dollars of anonymous money came in last week, and I haven't put the link up yet because <laughs> I haven't had time. All right. But I will. Um, but uh, I will be at an event with New England Patriots next nice. week, and that's why I will not be here. So, and football season starting. So that's right. It's a it's a big deal. So I will be doing something next week with them. And I will not be here on Wednesday. So please tune in on Monday, the 9th. And uh, if not, catch me on all your favorite podcasts. Something
1: channels. approaching 8 a.m. You what? Something approaching 8 a.m. Maybe oh, yeah, a little something bit before that.
0: 8 a.m. Yeah. Because I have to get in before this other person I know. <laughs> right. So, all right, you guys. So have a great day and put on your daily game face and go out there and go get them. And I'll talk to you next week.